Welcome back to the Startup Showdown podcast, where we discuss pitching, funding, and scaling startups. Join us as we interview winners, mentors, and judges of the monthly $120,000 pitch competition powered by Panoramic Ventures. We also discuss the latest updates in software, Web3, healthcare tech, fintech, and more. Now sit tight as we interview this week's guest and their journey through entrepreneurship. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Startup Showdown Podcast, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, Panoramic Ventures. Without them, we couldn't be sharing these important stories. Today on Startup, Show, uh, on Startup Showdown, we have Dennis Lee with Reski. Welcome, Dennis. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad well, to be here. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us about your startup. Yeah, yeah. So we are an insured tech companies and we redefine how millennials protect their money using embedded insurance with uh, AI. So if they're not using your service, what are they doing or are they doing anything? <laughs> Great question. So that's a problem, right? When you look at you know the broader picture, millennials' personal finance today is very fragile. For an average person, uh, we estimated three quarters, seventy five percent of their income is subject to unprotected risk like death, illness, disabilities, all these horrible stuff. You know, a small portion of people choose to buy it from a traditional broker and agent, but uh, most people just involuntarily choose inaction just because there's no good digital solution to do it. And we are here to, you know, bring insurance to everyone and make it accessible using data. Are you communicating with these millennials directly or do you use intermediaries? Yeah, great question. So we actually um, access these millennials through fintech company. So, you know, our business model, we're B2B2C. So we empower B2C fintech companies to offer income protection insurance. Um, by that, I mean life insurance, disability insurance, and critical illness insurance, and all that, you know, non-compulsory product, complicated product. We access customers through, uh, through these channels. So what was the genesis of the idea? How did you uh, come up with this? Yeah, so I didn't really come up with it because before I started Risky, I actually lived and breathed in insurance for nine years. I was an actuary. So we actually built products, uh, insurance product from the ground up. But what I realized is, you know, product innovation is great. But when it comes to insurance, uh, we're not there yet, meaning that, you know, we struggle even as big company to uh, access customer economically, just to be getting in front of them when it gets to digital channel is a huge challenge. And the second thing is, you know, even if we get in front of them, how do we convey the value proposition now without like a broker and agent to kind of walk them through? So it's really these two barriers we need to get over first before we think about developing new product. And that's really what... Uh, Risky set out to do to solve the distribution inefficiency problem and also the customer engagement problem using, uh, you know, the newly available technology and the data. Now, I would imagine that this is an interesting time when it comes to insurance. There's so much information and there's so much um, availability for a person if they wanted it on one hand, yeah. right? It's all there. Everything's there. But then it's just almost overwhelming or, or they're thinking about things they don't want to think about. So they just kind of either put it off or they ignore it. 
Yeah, spot on. That's the problem we try to solve. You know, up until today, in the past five six years, the way life and health insurance company try to try to market digitally is mostly direct to consumer. But you you know you just talk about the challenges, right? It's very hard to use advertisement to get people to just all of a sudden think about insurance. You know, it's very hard to con- uh, convert. People that way, and it's also have you know anti-selection. So most people end up buying like that will be poor risk, right? So it just it's just a really leaky funnel at many levels, and uh, you know we we trying to come in here, uh, figure out where are the customer today, right? They are looking for insurance. These are necessary evil. You know, insurance is always something that people have to think about. But where is a place that people already thinking about insurance? They already trust. You know, the customer. Uh, they already trust the brand. So being part of that, right? Being part of that to engage with customers and also provide. A level of personalization to be more efficient in conveying value proposition is is what we do and what we do very differently from other other companies. Now let's talk for a second about your journey. You mentioned uh, um, being an actuary, insurance yep. kind of seasoned insurance veteran. Um, how did you kind of make the leap into a startup, which, you know, the talk about risk, you know, that that's not know. for the faint of heart. Uh, for somebody who's so numbers oriented, how did you kind of wrap your head around the risk of kind of founding a startup and, and doing something like that? Because that seems uh, it's not for everybody. Yeah, that's always um, an interesting topic because... Uh, an entrepreneur coming from actuarial background is still rare, and every time I meet one, it was uh, it just makes me smile, right? And I think you know, uh, even since I was young, I always like to build stuff. You know, I always really creative, want to solve uh, problems. Um, you know, just throughout my 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 journey, I always trying to find these opportunities. And uh, when I get into college, I started to learn about insurance. So I didn't really know anything about insurance before college, and uh, just really get fascinated about how much legacy burden it has, how much you know. Because uh, it, it really touch upon multiple subject, right? It's finance. It's uh, you know, it, it touch upon behavioral psychology. So all these things really just get me fascinated. Started my career as an actuary. You know, I, I work in different functions: finance, building product, technology. So it just you know allow me to see where exactly. Um, the market gap is, and at some point, right? I, I understand that if I want to, you know, have a bigger impact, I, I it's very challenged. I'm very challenged to do that in a big corporation. So just have to pull the plug at one point, and uh, you know, starting the beginning of last year, uh, it was just the right time. It was just the right time. So I, I just did it. Can you? I'm just trying to dig in here a little bit more in terms of. For folks out there that maybe in the back of their head, they're like, you know what, I'm entrepreneurial. I'd like at some point to do this, but I'm in a pretty secure spot here. I feel pretty good. I'm kind of moving up the ladder. Yep. Did you? Can you share a little bit about how you did the math of this, the trade-offs back and forth on, you know, you had this itch you wanted to scratch, you saw this gap and it, you know, obviously you pulled the trigger and went for it. A lot of folks struggle with taking that leap. Uh, can you yep. share some of kind of the, the, the mental gymnastics you did to get to the, to where you are today? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think it's all about individuals' priority, right? I think for me, uh, just solving interesting problem, it's on the top, right? And uh, I'm also enjoying uncertainty. I think that's one of the key element if you want to be successful in entrepreneurship or an entrepreneur journey is, you know, if you are, you know, if you thrive in uncertainty, right? Um, and uh, this journey has been great so far. It's very exciting, but definitely not every day. It's good news. A lot of time there's bad news. And sometimes these good news and bad news were not one hour apart. So my point is, you know, I, I started to understand myself a lot more even before I started to started this journey. And I, I, I knew that I would, I would enjoy it and it will give me a great opportunity to solve interesting problem, you know? Um, and of course there's always opportunity costs, right. And understanding that and make a, <laughs> make a decision. I, I think there is no magic pill behind that, but just understanding what you prioritize uh, who you are, what you're good at, and uh, use all these data. So it's still a data-driven decision, but you know it's also a uh, a, a judgment element in it. Now, um, you mentioned that this is B to B to C. Are you okay, um, having a difficult time reaching the other B involved, the intermediary, in order to explain the offering and the value proposition, or? Did you start talking to those folks early and then get a hint that, hey, we're going to be able to leverage this and this this could work out? Yeah, it happened a little bit both. Um, so we definitely didn't um, land it at this distribution channel right off the bat. I wish we did, but we actually went through a lot of iterations. Uh, you know, we we understand that to access customer, we have to go through intermediary. That's a fact, right? Because direct to consumer is just very challenging for uh, the product we're trying to distribute. But the next question is what intermediary makes sense, right? The unique challenge of B2B2C is that we have to provide value to both B and C to have a long-term mutual success. There has to be alignment of interest. Timing has to be right. Um, and also both parties have to be willing to move at the pace that, that, that makes sense to each party. So in the beginning, it is challenging. Um, but, you know, once we gaining more exposure in the space, once I understand the channel a little bit more after we landed at this uh, fintech channel, just after having a lot more opportunity to have those direct conversation with the founders, the customer discovery session almost naturally organically turned into a sort of a sales process because, you know, I, I realize the problem is the one that we are addressing. So perfect, right? Um, so that's sort of how it unfolds. Um, right now, we are pretty small team. I'm leading the effort in growing the business. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to to, to really expand our uh, go-to-market team and get some, uh, you know, sales superstar on board. Now, how did you hear about Startup Showdown and Panoramic? Um, was that, uh, you know, how'd they get on your radar? Yeah, so one of our mentors in the Atlanta area actually mentioned uh, Panoramic to us. Um, so I checked you guys out. I was pretty intrigued by the thesis and the mission to to help founders, overlook founders, first-time founders. Um, and for the showdown event, I always love these type of events. So it's pretty uh, no-brainer for me to sign up. And uh, after all, it's a really well-organized well event. So, you know, kudos to the team. 
Now, uh, having gone through, what were some of the um, things that you got out of it? What were some some things that were most beneficial to you? Yeah, I think the whole experience was quite fun. I enjoyed meeting other founders, you know, sharing our mission, and uh, bringing awareness to insurance innovation. Right, because it's a uh, it's not a very fun topic for most people, but important topics. So you know, often fell off people's radar. So I, I like this all kind of opportunity. Also enjoyed the competition element of it. I think most founders like it in terms of you know um, learning other people's business and uh, sharing their mission. Now you mentioned a mentor. Um, has there been uh, a lot of mentors for you, kind of guiding your path? Is there any startup founder that's out there that you're kind of looking up to that you're trying to emulate, or you know whether you know them in person or you just heard about them? Is there you know someone you go to for advice and inspiration? Yeah, we have a very uh, strong supporting system behind Risky, so that's something I'm really grateful of. Um, they are, uh, you know, insurance executives, uh, business leaders, and there are some um, ex operators as well. Um, I think there's, you know, there are a lot of names of people I look up to, uh, but those are instrumental, right? Because as a first time founders, I don't know what I don't know. Right. And most of the time, I think um, when startup didn't work out, it's not necessarily because founders lack of any skills, it's because of uh, strategic planning. Right. Things they haven't get to the point they need to get to before they run out of money. So just talking to people and having these experienced folks behind us, you know, pointing us away is instrumental. Now, has there been um, maybe a mistake you made or some setback that you were able to get through that's propelled you? Uh, forward because you mentioned iterating the intermediaries a bit uh, can you share a little bit about how because that's always hard you know everybody it's not a straight line it's ups and yeah. downs uh, but sometimes the downs really are a blessing in disguise that that helps catapult you to a new place because it opens your mind to new opportunities yes i think there's a lot of uh there's a lot of learnings throughout the journey. Uh, one thing that's been particularly helpful is how do we do customer discovery? Um, I think in the beginning, it's a common issue. I heard <laughs> uh, from founders, just talk too much, right? We have our hypotheses. We try to sell before we learn. Uh, and I, I, I think being a good listener, like active listener um, throughout this session really gave us insight into, uh, you know, what's the real problem out there. Um, I think in the insurance and fintech ecosystem, everyone hold a piece of the puzzle to solve this, to solve this, this problem we're trying to solve. And our job is to put it together. And to do that, we have to be able to listen well and, uh, you know, um, not letting our sort of bias or hypotheses like, you know, uh, overshadow what's what the truth out there. I know it's hard though. That takes a lot of self-discipline because you're so excited with about know, your solution right? <laughs> and you want everybody to know about it. But really, maybe the first step is just being a good active listener, um, hearing their challenges and their frustrations, and then seeing if you can uh, elegantly fit your solution in there uh, is probably better. You're better served if you can pull that off. For sure. Yep. So what's next uh, for you guys? Uh, how can we help? Yeah, so right now, you know, we're just uh, moving forward full speed. We're growing the business in terms of partnership, building out the right team. And of course, you know, get to work with investors who share the same mission. 
really in democratizing insurance for everyone. So, you know, a full plate here. But um, yeah, I would love to talk to um, any investor right now. We still try to close a round of the C round right now. Uh, so we'd love to get in touch with uh, people who are interested in, uh, in this, solving this problem and uh, innovating insurance distribution. And if somebody wants to learn more, have a more substantive conversation with you or somebody on the team, what's the website? Yeah, so you can reach me very easy, Dennis, D-E-N-N-I-S, at Risky, R-E-E-S-K-E dot com. So we'd love to hear from you and uh, uh, bounce ideas. Well, Dennis, thank you so much for sharing your story. You're doing important work, and we appreciate you. Thank you for having me. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Startup Showdown. As always, thanks for joining us and don't forget to follow and subscribe to the Startup Showdown podcast so you get the latest episode as it drops wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more and apply to our next Startup Showdown pitch competition, visit showdown.vc. That's showdown.vc. All right, that's all for this week. Goodbye for now.